there. My name is Sonia, and I am the host of Dear Pass Thank You. I am thrilled to introduce my next guest. He is an adventure seeker and has such a powerful story about recovery and how he finally made the decision to live a fearless and exhilarating life, leaving behind 35 years of addiction and depression. Ronnie is the CEO of Life Continues Recovery, and Ronnie has spent the last five years living out his passion for helping people live their best life. Welcome, Ronnie, and as always, thank you for listening. All right, welcome back to Dear Pass. Thank you. I am really excited to have this guest on today. Um, you have probably heard me talk a lot in my podcasts about a men's zone. So this is another fantastic individual that I met at a men's zone. And um, so we'll go ahead and talk about that a little bit. Hi, Ronnie. Welcome. Hi, good morning. And uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be a part of this podcast and uh, um, be here for your listeners as well. Well, thank you. Yes, this is so exciting. And let's go ahead and just tell the audience how we met. Um, if you don't mind, I want to share that little story that um, how, you know, how I met you. <laughs> Please do. Go ahead and embarrass me at, at will. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it's, I don't want to, I don't mean to embarrass you, but I think it's just so fantastic. Um, so anyway, I, I, no was a, <laughs> I was a trainer at a men's zone um, alongside with our friend Dina, and I think Dina was teaching class that day, and you had come oh, in. Steve. Yep, <laughs> and you had come in, and it was your very first class, and um, I just remember you just struggling. You were struggling with the class. I mean, it's it's a pretty hard workout to begin with, but when you had never been in a class structure like that, um, but at the end of class, you were, you know, just slumped over on a tractor tire, just trying to catch your breath. And what's so beautiful about that, though, is, you know, just you kept coming back for more. And it was almost like kind of a, um, I, I got to get like that, that adrenaline, you know, like those endorphins started kicking in and you just kept coming back for more. And so after, you know, several months, you were just, you were killing it. <laughs> you were crushing those workouts. <laughs> so, so yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a great time. I remember that first workout and uh, Coach D, um, um, Put me with her husband Chris and you know if you've seen Chris before he's like this six foot five well-built dude and you know yeah. he just mulled over me pretty much and and I spent most of the uh, lesson laying flat I, you were giving me credit for being <laughs> slumped over but I was laying flat on my back on a big tire uh, and didn't think that I would ever be back but uh, I was back like at 5 30 the next morning and I'm just a glutton for punishment <laughs> Yeah, yeah, those are definitely fun times. So um, you did mention, and we'll just kind of get right into it, but you had joined the um, the gym and were coming to those classes just right out of um, recovery. That's correct. Yeah, it was 2014, and um, that was the first year that I decided to um, go to treatment and then get into recovery from a 35-year drug and alcohol addiction. Wow. Wow, 35 years. Yes. Yeah, okay. So, um, I mean, you you go, like I said, you go back as far as you want to go or kind of start just, okay. you know, talking about your story and, um, you know, we're not going to go back into the childhood years because we don't have time for that. But, um, yeah, just kind of where it started. What are you saying, Sonia? Are you saying that I'm old? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying at all. No, not at all. Well, I will say that, um, you know, my recovery has been 
I'm so fortunate, you know, it's, it's, it's really a God thing. You know, I, I couldn't talk about my recovery without talking about a higher power, which I choose to God. And God has uh, touched my life all throughout my 52 years. And, you know, my recovery was a huge part of that. And in 2014, um, you know, it wasn't really a rock bottom. You know, I've had far worse bottoms than, than I did in 2014. It was just kind of a, a, a decision that, you know, I started to see a cycle of behavior repeat itself. Mm-hmm. Um, had a really great life in uh, our good old Fountain Hills, Arizona. Um, yeah. Lots of great friends. Um, had a good retail business. But, you know, that whole cycle of addiction started to happen over again. And, you know, I just looked at myself in the mirror one morning and said, you know, that enough's enough. And, you know, I, I have to figure out how to do this and what is going to be different this time. So, you know, that entire first year, that was the theme, you know, how will this be different this time? You know, many failed attempts in the 35, 35 years. Um, anyone that knows me very well knows that I always uh, say that I didn't feel like recovery was where the cool kids hang, hung out. So, um, you know, giving up substances, um, even though they weren't fun anymore, you had gotten to a point where, you know, life was pretty miserable and I was just, you know, getting by. Um, the alternative, you know, to the, the traditional recovery and the way that my perception was of it at the time didn't work for me. So, um, you know, I felt like um, I made myself a promise uh, when I decided to go into treatment in 2014. And, and the biggest pro- promise was that I'm going to listen to people who know how to do this a whole lot better than I do, they know how to live in recovery a whole lot better than I do this time around and even blindly if I need mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. So I became willing to take direction um, from, from people um, who, who knew this journey better than I. So um, I entered treatment in, in Scottsdale, Arizona, and it was really important for me at that time and my journey and my spiritual journey, um, God had directed my purpose to um, <clears throat> really look into three major components into my life. And that was mind, body, and spirit. And I know that we hear those so much uh, these days that it's almost cliche, but sure, yeah, you know, truly really take a look into mind, body, and spirit. So when I started to do research about where I wanted to go to treatment, um, that's what I did. I looked into places, you know, in fact, I just Googled mind, body, spirit, uh, addiction treatment and, uh, a place called, um, Sundance recovery is in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's doesn't exist anymore, but, uh, you know, met a lot of really, really amazing people, um, including my sponsor, Steve, Uh, shout out to Steve, Uh, Mike O, uh, Vince, and a lot of other other folks, Um, and also um, a a really important person to my career, um, um, Steve M., who I'll talk about a little bit later, but um, so I went to Sundance, and you know, there was, there was a um, really a a basic 12-step curriculum, uh, but there was also these other modalities, you know, like there was yoga, there was meditation, um, equine therapy, um, mm-hmm. shout out to Tara and Hunkapi, um, really made an impact on my life. But I opened um, to these folks that were professionals um, in, in the treatment world, mind, body, and spirit. And, you know, 
it was important for me to to listen and learn mm -hmm. and um a really really important thing happened to me in january of that year prior to going into treatment it was, it was january 2014. I had this amazing friend named ryan deegan you know ryan he was a he was an almond zone competitor yeah. of mine <laughs> the classes and and he has a, a program called the human compass and um i was fortunate enough ryan and i met in 2010 to, to really become a part of the human compass so you know it it um sort of subscribed to to that type of programming you know about awareness and appreciation are two of the, the major components of that and then January, I was coming back from um, working remotely in, in St. Louis in a family business and really stressed out. Um, the the drinking and, and drug use was, you know, increasing in level. And and I thought, I thought yeah, I've had enough of this type of life. I need to have a vision um, for a purpose for myself. And, you know, it's got to be simple. So I thought, you know, I'm going to find three people that I really like the way that they do life. And, and at that time in my circle of friends, there were only three <laughs> because, you know, I, I had a, a, a lot of folks that, that um, were, were not great influences uh, mm -hmm. around at the time. But, but, you know, Ryan Deegan was one of the first ones I called. I said, you know, I know that I want my life to be about hiking, adventure. Um, you know, I, I started to look into nutrition. Um, there was a, really good friend of mine named Carrie Lee Stevens who who is uh from um Whistler Canada and and she had a place in Fountain Hills so you know she she got me up and got me out and and going up uh you know the hikes at Camelback there in Scottsdale and you know if you thought I, I was sucking air bad at Almond Zone you should have seen me in those in January <laughs> but Camelback's uh, hard. It's a it's a hard hike. <laughs> it's, it's no fun. It's no yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, but I highly recommend it if you want to challenge yourself. And I did. And you know, I also had a fear of heights. So I told Ryan. I said, you know, I'd seen some some GoPro GoPro um, videos of him like jumping off waterfalls at Fossil Creek. And I said, man, I want to do all of that. You know, um, step me up. So we immersed ourselves in the human compass training and, and I had the, um, you know, great honor of working with him one-to-one, -one, you know, throughout doing that program prior to me going into treatment. Got it. Okay. And so, you know, I, I, I jumped off of every waterfall rock, um, went to Vegas, jumped off the stratosphere, you know, wow. I knew early on that, that if I was going to get into recovery, that I wanted to do my best life yet, you know, and mm -hmm. I know that's a little cliche too, but, but, you know, I wanted to really challenge myself. The things that I used to talk about sitting around and, and using drugs and drinking, you know, you, we have this kind of, uh, it's an inside joke that, you know, you sit around and talk about going and jumping off the stratosphere in Vegas. And then, you know, you do another hit or you have another drink and, you know, you're still sitting there six hours later. Yeah. Um, so if you if you've ever seen the movie Yes Man with Jim Carrey, that was me my first year of recovery. So someone said, "Let's jump off of something. Let's go hike this." I said, "Yes, yes, yeah. I'm in." Um, so so I really started to say yes to life, and um, you know, throughout those first few months, there I was still drinking and using, but you know, still uh, I started to define my purpose and goals, and you know, what did 
the life of Ronnie cells look like, you know, because mm-hmm. there've been 35 years and don't get me wrong, wonderful life. Uh, I have two amazing kids uh, from two different marriages and two wonderful, wonderful mothers who have done it. But by the way, a shout out to the single moms and dads out there. Um, you guys are amazing. My mom was a, was a single mom. My parents divorced when, when I was a freshman in high school and uh, she did an amazing job. My mom always asked me, you know, throughout these troubled times, uh, you know, even in 13, 14, 15, when I'd get in trouble for drinking or underage possession, she would say, um, son, did I do something wrong? And I'd always say, mom, you always taught us right from wrong. We didn't always choose right over wrong, but we always knew the difference. We always knew the difference. Uh, So, um, so yeah, throughout my 35 years of addiction, there were some really great moments, you know, my children, great friends, um, you know, I heard heard you in another interview talk about marriages uh, were finished, and I like that. You know, so, so those marriages were were finished, not necessarily failures because we grew from the experiences. But absolutely, you know, yes. Going into um, March and then and then April is when I finally went into treatment. Um, really started to do some deep thinking about you know what my purpose looked like and you know how to have an amazing life and you know so going through the human compass in january really allowed me to start getting into mindfulness and awareness um the power of now by eckhart tolle has been a huge influence on my life and you know i needed to get out of analysis to paralysis and start to to get some goals, some short-term goals, and to start living more for the moment. <laughs> right on. Showing you the <laughs> book. Amazing. I've got it right here on my desk, Power of Now. Quick reference. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. really good. And, and you know, I learned a lot from, from that book, and then also uh, Tolly's book, A New Earth, where it talks about projecting old, old experiences into new experiences that have similar characteristics. And, you know, it was, it was a very telling thing for me because – also throughout my life, I, I had a father who was an amazing father and, and anything manly that is a part of me, this guy taught me. He also taught me that, uh, the, the, about willpower. You know, if you set your mind to something, then, then you'll be able to do it. But uh, my father was also a person whose emotion regulator was broken. And, um, you know, there, those are some behaviors that I picked up from him and, and displayed throughout my relationships. There's, there's no way um, that I ever blame my parents for any of the struggles that I've had because, you know, I firmly believe that, that parents are doing the very best that they can based on the experiences that they've had. But yeah. um, definitely, you know, my emotion regulators have been broken throughout my life and especially in, in some of my relationships and, you know, not knowing how to communicate emotions in a healthy manner was something that a new earth really helped me with because you know when we get triggered um, into any type of emotion and we react in that emotion without sort of pausing and taking a deep breath and, and getting into the moment then it is about those previous experiences and you know um, really yeah. fear-based 
And yeah, I like to, I like to, um, and I, you know, I, I share this with my kids too. It's just like, are you going to react or are you going to just take a breath and are you going to respond? Cause there's a huge difference because when you, when you react, that's all based off, off of emotion and, you know, you're not speaking with a clear head to respond, you know, intelligently. So. Right. Uh, I, I was in a relationship, a, a very important relationship in my life. And, you know, it was prior to me getting a sense of uh, healthy emotion um, response. And so, you know, I, I kind of grew up in a family where we've, if we got into a verbal altercation, you know, it was no holds barred, you know, we said mean, hurtful things. And yeah. I have displayed that in, in my relationships. And, and I have to tell you, some of the things I'm sharing today, um, I, I have a great deal of guilt and shame and embarrassment about, but um, I've learned to set with those emotions as well because I feel like that when we share our stories as human beings, even the very raw pieces, even the very most challenging pieces, that there's an opportunity for someone else to hear that and maybe it helps them um, take a step forward. So yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll try my best not to embarrass any of the people in my life with, with, with my shame and guilt, but, but definitely I was in a relationship and um, this person was a very, very healthy communicator. And um, it was about a year into the relationship and we start to have our first disagreement and, you know, um, I'm squared off about to get into verbal Kung Fu and she stops and says, hold on just a second. Um, it feels like you're really angry and it feels like you're really angry at me. And all I'm trying to do is talk out a solution. And I swear to God, I felt like I needed an interpreter because I'd heard about people communicating this way, but it was foreign <laughs> to me. So, um, yeah. So, so um, that relationship taught me a great deal about, you know, learning how to communicate emotions in a very healthy way. And, you know, so, so often the substance piece in addiction is just a byproduct of these deeper emotional issues. And that's one of the things that I've learned throughout my treatment as well is that, you know, um, I'm celebrating six and a half years of recovery today, but I have an entire lifetime of things to learn. You know, 35 years versus six years is uh, just the beginning. Um, so I, I'm, I'm somewhat of a student of life and, you know, I stay connected to um, and surround myself with people who um, I feel like inspire me to have a better life. And, you know, that can come in any, any source, really. Yeah, I um I have a quick question for you because as you were talking about um you know in the beginning you were saying thirty five years of addiction kind of some on and off recovery but this this time around you were like how is this going to be different how am I going to do this the right way and and seeking out people and going to the human compass before you actually went into recovery so everybody's stories are, are going to be different but let's just say you know somebody listening. Um, you know, what, what may, maybe things that are going through your head that kind of hold you back from, um, you know, making that decision or, um, I guess what, what would you share to somebody that's listening that maybe, you know, thinking about recovery? That's a really great question. And I appreciate the opportunity to answer that. And, and, you know, again, that question first year, how is this going to be different? And, you know, I, I speak, I have the the honor of speaking to people who are in treatment 
often and share my story. And, you know, the, one of the questions that I ask is that, you know, how many people have experienced relapse in their journey? And, you know, it's 99.9% every single time. And, you know, relapse is such a huge part of recovery, you know, a part of our journey. And, you know, if, if I can say one, if I were to pick one thing that has really done it for me to be able to sustain continuous recovery for six years, it would, it would be keep it simple. Mm-hmm. You know, because when I thought of treatment and recovery before, it all just seemed so overwhelming to me. Um, and, you know, at the point where you're struggling with addiction, you're um, trying to overcome cravings, uh, you know, you have breakdown in your life in terms of uh, relationship, um, social, legal, um, financial, mm-hmm. all these different components in your life where, where you're experiencing breakdown. And, you know, now you're, you're being asked to give up the one tool you know, your substance that sort of makes it all better temporarily. Mm-hmm. And to think about going from dealing with problems by using to dealing with problems without a set of tools is very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And that's why that, that, you know, I've now gotten involved in, in the treatment recovery industry. And, you know, that's why that, um, I believe that that I have a very important message of simplicity to make recovery fun, you know, to sort of change the perception about traditional treatment as a lot of people see it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we just celebrated the life of Dr. Terry Gorski, who's known as the father, father of relapse prevention, and what a huge loss to our community. And um, in our coaching, we work with uh, Dr. Stephen Grinstead, who was a um, Dr. Gorski was a mentor of his and, you know, so fortunate to know this person and to be able to benefit from the work that they've done, the scientific research that they've done on relapse prevention. Um, and, you know, I feel like what my recovery and my story also reflects is the fact that this can really be a new beginning. This can be that beginning that you maybe failed to launch on earlier in your life, or maybe you had the life that you've always dreamed of and then addiction, you know, intervened and, and caused some challenges and, and some negative uh, consequences. You know, recovery and, and treatment and recovery. Recovery is, you know, the difference between treatment and recovery is, is treatment is the temporary, um, intervention mm-hmm. that causes stop between the addiction and the recovery. Recovery is a lifetime. So, you know, it, it's really, and we're starting to see the industry, the, the treatment and the recovery industry, the payers and that sort of thing really take a look at long-term recovery because, you know, there's so much recidivism, there's so much relapse um, out there that we're really starting to take a, another look. And, you know, frankly, I want my message to be about that there's a there's a different way to do this you know mm-hmm. there's, there's fun there's excitement there's adventure and it's basically from going from the energy of being in the problem to the energy of being in solution 
Yeah, thank you for sharing that because I think that's really important in, you know, just to understand the difference between the treatment and the recovery. Recovery mm -hmm. is, is the long term um, and treatment, you know, what I'm hearing you say is it's going to get you, it's going to get you there, but it just doesn't stop after treatment. It's, it's the full on life lifelong recovery. So, um, which brings me to my, my next question, um, or actually go ahead and talk to us a little bit about how you got to, um, you know, what, what it is that you're doing today, your coaching and, um, yeah, talk to us about, about that. Absolutely. Um, I, I don't think that, that he's going to mind uh, me breaking his anonymity a little bit, but, um, I met a guy in, in, um, um, an alumni program of treatment. His name is Steve Moat Jr. And, uh, uh, Steve has become a very important person in my life and um, we hit it off and one of the conversations that we had was that we felt like our experience in treatment we felt like if we got involved in the industry somehow that we could give back in maybe where treatment was lacking at least in our experience treatment is wonderful there's a lot of high quality treatment programs out there it's it's not a slam against treatment but we felt like that we had something to give back to that. So um, I moved from Phoenix, Arizona, back to Southeast Missouri. Mm -hmm. And um, my children were here. So, you know, a, a part of my recovery, I wanted to be closer to them geographically so that I could be more present. Um, and then um, I um, got an opportunity to go to a local treatment organization and share my story. And I was talking to the to the the clients in treatment, share my story, and I noticed that there was a person, you know, kind of lurking around the door, listening in. And and when I got done, um, I found out that it was Carla Welch, who was the clinical director at at this treatment organization. And and uh, she looks at me and she goes, "What are you doing for work right now?" And I said, "You know, I'm just doing some landscaping. It's October. I could really stand some work." She goes, "Well, I have a classroom instructor position open," and I went home and applied and, and uh, went through the process and got that job that day. Wow. Um, so, so I said, so I'm going to back up a little bit. So one of the things in my recovery that really helped is that, you know, um, I didn't have a great memory when I started doing drugs and alcohol. So um, that really didn't help. And one of the things that, that I struggle with is, is, you know, keeping a good schedule, a tight schedule. So I try to compensate for that. And one of the things that I did in my early recovery was I used a Yahoo calendar with reminders. Yes, Yahoo's still a thing. <laughs> and, so, so, and, you know, remember I said, keep it simple. So, so I came up with three or four things a day to set reminders to remind me to um, do my activities of recovery, you know, begin with the positive affirmation, prayer and meditation throughout the day, call my sponsor. Again, big shout out to Steve C out there. Um, and then reach out to someone else who struggles every day, you know, just to offer a phone number. So I was using technology already in, in my recovery uh, when I work, went to work in treatment. And, you know, very quickly, I moved from classroom instructor to an associate uh, counsel, counselor level two and then up to facility manager position. Um, so, you know, with my background and career in long-term care, we owned and operated um, residential long-term care facilities. It sort of made sense that, you know, the two paths uh, paralleled. But, you know, all along the while, my message was, you know, let's change our perception about treatment. Um, 
it's got to be fun. It's got to, we got to put some modern uh, twists on this. You know, the classroom was always fun. You know, we had music and um, same great curriculum that was produced by Gorski and, and some of the, the fathers of, of treatment curriculum out there. But, you know, we just put a little pizzazz in it. Um, Steve Moat Jr., on the other hand, goes to work in, in the treatment facility that we're at. He was, he was literally a tech. And um, he was also um, re-enrolled in, in college to become, you know, a master's level um, counseling and, and um, you know, to learn more about the process of treatment and addiction. And in the meantime, um, he developed this app called uh, the True Mobile Health app. And um, Steve sent me a promo video of the app and uh, I took a look at it. And once the video was complete, the, my first thought was, they're doing the same thing that I was doing with this Yahoo calendar. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> the second thing that I thought was, is that, you know, this is so impressive. It's so robust. It, it's, it so covers full continuum of what a person goes through in a day of recovery. I want to be a part of this. Um, so I called him right away, begged and pleaded. He says, um, well, you can come out and I'll give you a, a, a presentation, but I'm not hiring anyone now. So this was, this was August of uh, 2018. I have a feeling you were like, yeah, that's what you think. You're not hiring that's, anyone. That's exactly, <laughs> I, hey, just like I went back to Almond Zone at 5.30 the next morning, I approached uh, True Mobile Health this way. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, so I gave 30 days notice at FCC. Literally, this was a leap of faith. And, you know, with no guarantees on the other end, um, I left uh, in the middle of August and, and went to um, Scottsdale and, and met with Steve. And I literally sat on him for the next uh, month and a half. And he finally hired me in, in sep middle of September because he, he had no other choice. Um, but, but, you know, and my degree is towards uh, some hours in industrial and organizational psychology, which I kind of like to see how things tick. Um, but Steve had no reason on paper to hire me. Um, uh, I, I think that he believed in how I worked my recovery. Uh, he believed in my passion towards what we were doing. And, um, you know, we, we went to work and, you know, um, True Mobile Health is, is now uh, ShareTech and it's, um, it's in its, uh, going into its third year, very successful, helping a lot of people. Um, I worked uh, in sales and sort of marketing to study, you know, where this thing fit along the behavioral health continuum. And we found that it literally fits in all along the behavioral health continuum. Uh, my contract was up in March of 19 and Steve comes to me and he goes, hey, we like you. We want you to continue being a part of this. We want you to move back to Arizona. And I'm like, oh man, I've got a 15 year old in, in Southeast Missouri and, and I can't do that. So um, at the time they, they had asked me to train uh, a, a guy who was coming on to, to be a reseller and, and uh, his name is Rob Miller. And Rob and I sat down and after about an hour, we had this really electric chemistry in terms of kind of a vision for what we would like to see with the technology. And so Rob and I formed a partnership and that's how Innovative Treatment Solutions was launched in April of, of 2019. Um, really early success on bringing on um, other treatment 
organizations and coaches um, to use the app. You know, there's a private label, so they're able to differentiate themselves in the market by using the app. And um, Rob and I, I mean, he's he's a sweetheart of a guy. I'm so honored to have him as my as my partner. Anybody that looks us up, you know, can learn a little bit more about Rob. But but he's had a very interesting background, and and addiction has touched his life and his family as well. So, you know, it just made sense. And then end of 2000, um, we started toying with the idea of uh, doing our own recovery coaching and using the technology in our recovery coaching. Um, so. Uh, we talked about that, talked about what it would look like, and that's how Life Continues Recovery Coaching was born. Um, again, you know, Life Continues has been a theme throughout my life, you know. Um, again, I thought, thought that, that Matthews, Missouri was the four corners of the earth and that we were the cleavers and our family would be together forever. And, you know, divorce and um Moving to, uh, by the way, I want to shout out to my Matthews Pirates um, uh, friends out there that that I grew up with, and and we, my family later moved to to a bigger school, and and I'll shout out to the Sykes and Bulldogs as well, <laughs> and and you know that was the the beginning of me to start to understand that um, things weren't always permanent, but life continues. So that became a theme, you know, throughout the failures and struggles in my life. I, I shouldn't say failures. I would, I should say opportunities to grow, um, that, that life does continue. And, you know, that's the central theme of our coaching is, is number one, life does continue in recovery. You know, it's a new beginning and we're bringing a different sort of look to recovery coaching in that we're really incorporating a clinical oversight. We have Dr. Steven Grinstead, who is the author of Thank You Adversity for Yet Another Test. Um, um, a guy named John Stenzel, who's been in the, around the treatment industry for 30 years. Um, and, and there again, surrounding ourselves with people who can give us insight as to how to bring a different perception and different approach to helping people get their life back in order and living their best life yet. Yeah. Wow. That's fantastic. Um, and did you think back to, you know, um, I guess just a few years prior that you would be, you'd be doing this today. Um, you know, it's just beautiful how everything has just developed over the years. Yeah, um, in, in AA, there's a there's a um, there are twelve promises, and one of the promises is is that um, God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Another promise is is that, is that um, situation which situations which used to baffle us, we now intuitively know how to handle. And um, you know, both of those things uh, have um, resonated in my life and and no no way if you would have asked me two years ago would you be in technology industry uh selling technology and and knowing enough about technology to be dangerous uh, no i wouldn't have said that and you know i think people are still surprised now um but definitely the coaching piece has been a dream for a really long time i just didn't know it was going to look like this so you know I think one of the things that I could share too is, is to encourage listeners out there that um, have a dream and, you know, the, they're kind of stuck and, and 
don't know what to do to move forward. First of all, surround yourself with people who inspire you. Sonia, mm-hmm. you're one for me, by the way. Oh, you're um, so sweet. Inspired me, inspired me back in Almond Zone. Um, and then next is just get, get a plan. Keep it simple, you know. Uh, a, a lot of the clients that I coach, you know, we do a one, two, three list of things to do each day, you know, a list of recovery activities each day. Keep it really simple. But if you do three things or, or you know, I saw Amen today asking for a list of five things. Today. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so keep it, keep it simple. And, you know, that way we're always moving forward, right? And, um, so often in, in, I've had the opportunity to have some, some leadership positions in the corporate world in my career. And, you know, we, we would have the, the five minute huddle or the five minute stand up and, you know, to start the day off. And, and my first five minute stand up, uh, two hours later, we were still going over what everyone was going to get done for the day. And, you know, scrolls <laughs> of 15 things are going to get done today. And, and, you know, what we noticed over time was about three to five things are getting done every day and then everything else is getting moved to the next day. So, so we just simplified that. And, you know, we listed three things every day that were going to get done. Something doesn't get done. You move it to next, to the next day, but it's all about really moving from the energy of being in problem to the energy of being in solution. Uh-huh. And when, when there's no solution in sight, you know, and, and you feel like that there's just no means out there, um, that's when I reach out and call for help. That's when I go into prayer and meditation. And, you know, I turn my problems over to these resources and higher powers that I have. And then I go to work on the things that I can control. Yeah. Yeah. That really resonates just with, you know, what I'm doing with, um, you know, the fit hub is you don't have to, you know, there's a lot of people that are thinking like, Oh, I have to work out today. I don't have an hour to work out today. Well, let's start small and let's keep it really simple because 30 minutes or even 20 minutes is less than 2% of your day. So, you know, just that feeling of, I can do this, I'm going to accomplish something, check the box and move on to the next. And I love that, you know, it's three small things. It's not a list of, all right, 10 things that, that has to get done because by the end of your day, you're feeling so like I accomplished nothing. So, um, yeah, that, that, um, you know, keeping it simple is, is great. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's, that was a, a part of the mission year one and it's, it's spilled over, you know, don't get me wrong. Um, life is still challenging. I mean, I still have problems six years into recovery. You know, I've been through lost relationships. I lost both of my parents uh, during my recovery, but you know, guess what? I was able to show up um, and, and, and be my most healthy self and actually able to experience those emotions that I used to want to run and cover up before yeah. and you know um it's, it's so having great. all those tools in your toolbox and um you know and there's every, it's like you know you grow every day so every day you add another tool to that toolbox and you know you were talking about the communication and and I can relate to that as well um I always thought that I was a great communicator but come to find out over the years I was a horrible <laughs> communicator I just I just close everything off and I'd keep it bottled up inside and so um, so yeah, I yeah, that's a huge that. part of this too, right? I mean, a huge part of growth is, is awareness and, you know, um, through working the 12, I will say, say that the 12 steps has been my primary structure in, in my early recovery. It's grown far beyond that at this point. 
um, but but in working through some of those emotional triggers and, and you know traumas in my life throughout the twelve steps, you know, I, I really learned that you know I'm not aware of some of the they they call them character defects in AA. I don't like to call that. I like to call them characters character opportunities to improve <laughs> oneself um, to keep it positive, but you know, on those character issues that, that we're not aware of at some point, you know, we start feeling what I call resistance. And by the way, if something's problematic in my life, I refer to it as resistance so that I'm not so attached to it. You know, mm -hmm. problems we tend to get really attached to and get kind of sucked into the energy of the problem. But if we're feeling them and practicing awareness and it, and it just shows up as resistance and we can say, oh, I'm, I'm feeling a little resistance about this. You can become the observer of your life. There's a little cognitive behavior therapy background work in there. Um, and you can get into solution a little bit quicker. But, you know, some of the things that I felt resistance around that, you know, I started to become aware of, you know, I feel frustration or anxiety or I'm angry about this. You know, what's my part in this? It's also another thing that the 12 steps teach us to do is if there's resistance with a person or event or something in your life, you know, we can really only change our part of that. So, so what's my part in this resistance? And then it opens a whole new door of awareness of, of an opportunity that you might be able to improve in yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, and another way that I've been, you know, challenges arise or problems arise, and you know, I just I'll say to myself, what is God trying to teach me in this moment? Um, so I think, you know, and you mentioned the, the higher power and, you know, just over your, your years, you know, God's had the plan all along. Now you're just following through with it. So yeah. What is, what is God trying to teach me in these moments? Right. So some of the, the folks that, that know me, that will hear this, will laugh about this, but you know, in, in some of the meetings and in, in reference to that resistance, I talk about, you know, how, when you're driving down the road and there are these um, rivets on the side of the road that when you start to veer off, your vehicle starts to, to vibrate. Yeah. And I, I feel like that that is, that happens. We start to feel that resistance, frustration, anxiety, anger, when we're trying to veer from our path, you know, in, in AA speak, it's we try to take our will over God's will. And, you know, I, I think our purpose is to learn what God's will is or what God's purpose is for our life. And when we can be obedient to that and be teachable, mm -hmm. um, then that opens the door to awareness. You know, it's, it, it's a practice though, right? I mean, because the sooner we start to yield to the resistance and back up and pause and say, okay, God, what are you trying to teach me right now? Um, the less resistance we experience. And, you know, in those early years before conscious awareness was a part of my um, vocabulary, you know, I ran through a lot of doors, you know, head first um, with that resistance, just getting the message. And, you know, I think that we all come to our humility one way or the other, some um, through the path of less resistance and some through the path of more resistance. Yeah. <laughs> and I've definitely been to the extreme of both of those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yes, I, I'm with you on that. Um, all right, so I, I want to go back to um, Life Continues, and I, I told you this before we started recording. I was like, oh, that's a great name for a podcast, Life <laughs> Continues. Um, so I guess just tell the audience a little bit more about, um, about Life Continues and, you know, 
Google? Like, how do they find you um, for more information? Absolutely. It's lifecontinuesrecovery.com. Lifecontinuesrecovery.com. Um, you can go um, to that site and uh, contact me or my partner, Rob. Uh, it definitely explains all that we do. There's, there's a couple of different um, services that we offer. We offer a, a recovery coaching service. We also offer a Christian recovery coaching. So people who are interested in uh, sort of the celebrate recovery, which is Christ centered. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we offer that as well. Um, we offer the ability to do um, drug testing remotely. So, you know, we're able to do that with the pandemic and everything, you know, um, the, the remote coaching has really taken off. And by the way, that's, that's how we do our recovery coaching. Everything's done remotely. So, you know, you can really experience recovery coaching in your own environment, um, doing your normal daily routines. Um, and the, the difference and what we're trying to do is we provide a great deal of clinical oversight. So we actually have clinical curriculum. We have um, clinical oversight. We do initial assessments, assessments to determine level of care. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we uh, often recovery coaching is, is talked about in, in the continuum of care. So what happens post discharge from treatment and we really focus on working with people in the contemplative stage, like at the beginning, even when they're trying to find uh, a treatment uh, service that might be right for them. It's such a maze out there to pick the t- a high quality treatment organization or maybe even what type of treatment that may be right for you as an individual. So we engage at the beginning of treatment. So you can call us, we can get involved at the, at the front. And if you need inpatient treatment, a detox um, uh, facility, anywhere along the treatment continuum, we can help you navigate through that so that it's not overwhelming to you and your family. Mm-hmm. So um, just a really quick, I have two quick questions and I wanted to um, ask earlier. So uh, how long were you in treatment when you were in Scottsdale? Um, just trying to get an idea of what that, what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Really good question. Um, and, and it's a funny story too. Um, if we have time. Sure. Um, yeah. So my initial, um, residential treatment that I agreed to was 28 days. And, um, you know, again, I wasn't at a bottom. So, you know, this is my thinking, this is my wrong thinking. Okay. So, so I was still trying to control a little bit of the outcome and, uh, and I'm going to mention these two ladies' names. I, I won't say last names, but um, um, they were my counselor. Karen and Melissa, props out there to you. You guys saved my life. They'll know who they are. Um, but at, at, the, uh, at the end of, you know, getting to the end of the 28 days and it's approaching, and I'm all excited, you know, hey, they've, you've cured <laughs> me. I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll. I've got an airline ticket to go see my kids at the end of the week uh, on day 28. And, uh, you know, I'm going to leave and go home for a night. And so uh, both the counselors show up and say, we need to talk to you. And I'm like, oh, goodness, this can't be good. And so we sit down and, and uh, remember now, I, I promised myself that I'm going to follow blindly the direction of people who know this a lot more than me. Still had an emotion regulator issue. So, <laughs> this, so they go in and they say, have a seat. Okay, what's going on? He said, so about your discharge. Yeah, I'm ready to go. You guys have done great. I'm going to leave here Thursday. I'm going to spend the night at home and then I'm going to go see my kids. Thank you for all you've done. And they said, well, about that. 
We're gonna recommend that you uh, attend four weeks of intensive outpatient. And you know, my body just started tensing up, you know, I was resisting. And we don't think that it's a good idea for you to go home uh, before you fly and see your kids. We think that you need to um, go straight from the treatment facility to the airport, uh, spend your time with your kids, come back and then be in IOP, you know, that following week when everyone's going back. Hey, I jumped up angry. I said, no way. I didn't, I, you know, I agreed to 28 days and that's it. And, and by the way, this is a very common response uh, to, as, to this circumstance. So I walked out, uh, I got about 10 feet outside and, you know, I remembered the promise that I made to myself. So I got to turn around and in my humility, walk back into the room, apologize to the ladies and say, look, if you guys want me to leave here and go see the kids, that's fine. If you want me to do four weeks of intensive outpatient, I'm all on board. So, um, so I did the 28 days of, of inpatient treatment, and then uh, I did four weeks of intensive outpatient, followed by um, what they call 90 and 90. So I did 90 meetings in 90 days after that. And uh, Steve C., who became my sponsor while I was still in treatment, you know, I can't say enough about how much he's helped me in, in my uh, recovery. Um, I've heard other people cry on here before, and I'm not going to cry, but uh, it's this, okay. This guy Take your time. Means the world to me. And, and you know, it, it took me a year and a half to complete the steps, which I don't recommend. That is a really long time. But you know, he knew just the right amount of pressure to apply to me. And, you know, he's still an important part of my recovery today. I don't call him every day. And he's probably listening to this and say, yeah, you don't call me when you're supposed to. Um, but still, uh, you know, we keep in touch and, and he's a part of my recovery. And by the way, there are just tons and tons and tons of other people in my life. And if you're hearing this, podcast and you know me then you know you are one of the people that have helped me and I'm forever in your debt and just so grateful uh, of your part in in my life and my recovery it's it's the other people in my life that make it worth living so I just needed to say that as well yeah well that was beautifully said and I got tears in my eyes Ronnie because your story <laughs> is beautiful and um I just, I, I love that you, you know, have taken something and you're helping others, you know, that's just, um, you saw that path and that's the path that you decided to go down. And so I, I will never forget you, um, you posted, it was right when I moved to uh, Tennessee and you posted about taking the road less traveled. And there was a song on the, on the radio and um, I, that just, that stuck with me all these years, just, you know. <laughs> Ronnie's post about the road less traveled. So, um, and you know, on your, you're on your continuing your road to recovery and continuing to help people. And it's just such a beautiful thing. So I just thank you so much for, for sharing everything that you you've shared. Thank you so much. It's been such an honor to be with you today. And, and, uh, yeah, Facebook is, is a fun thing to do too. And, and, uh, you know, I share a lot, um, I heard um, uh, Angela Robinson, a, a previous guest, say that she pretty much lives her life out loud. And yeah. uh, I really love that because, you know, people that know me know that my recovery is an open book. You know, there's there's not any of the traumas or anything that I won't talk about. So, 
look me up on Facebook, Ronnie Sells, or look us up on, on the web, lifecontinuesrecovery.com. And even if you just want to have a conversation, we're open to that. I love it. Thank you for offering that. And um, I've got one more question before we wrap this up. Um, yes. You know, what's what's in store for you you're you're in you're in missouri um you've got kids there you've got a kid that's almost driving um so just you know what's what's in store for you over the next six months to a year i i just love going back to that living your life out loud you know you're so adventurous so i know we've kind of been on lockdown the last couple of months but you know what what's what's ronnie gonna do next well, definitely more adventure. Uh, any time I can, if someone says, hey, let's go, I'm ready to go. I just got back from uh, a couple of days with uh, Ryan Deegan, the Human Compass guy in, in Sedona, and uh, uh, spent some time with our peeps in, in Fountain Hills. And uh, yeah, the, the future is great. We have a, a business strategy with the business. So, you know, the life continued coaching is a huge part of my life. Um, my daughter is um, in, in Florida and, you know, she's uh, going into massage therapy and, uh, you know, a lot more uh, chasing Connor Sells around who turned 16 today. Uh, we're going to get his license in a minute. He's called like three times since we've been in the <laughs> interviews. So, uh, but uh, yeah, definitely, you know, I see myself um, in, in the role as a parent also not really traditionally, I, you know, I see myself more as a guide for them to help them find their purpose. You know, it, it's easy for me to project what I feel like they should do in their lives on them, but, but uh, usually that ends in resistance. So mm -hmm. I'm spending a lot of time helping them discover their purpose and putting a lot of time and energy into the business, um, uh, reconnecting with re relationships. Now, um, I have threatened and and some of my Missouri folks are, don't like this very much, but I've threatened that when Connor walks across the stage and gets his high school diploma in two years, that I'm going back to Fountain Hills, Arizona. <laughs> but, uh, we're we're laying some awfully deep roots um, with advocacy and here in Missouri. I, I want to also mention just really quick about um, Southeast Missouri Recovery Co uh, Alliance and Missouri. Um, Coalition of Recovery Support Providers to um, advocacy and education um, organizations that I sit on the boards of. And we're really doing some major work for advocacy in the recovery world here in the state of Missouri and uh, some national recognition. And, you know, things are really moving. And uh, I want to mention a, a lady who has, who um, Governor, um, the governor of the state of Missouri has um, nicknamed her the godmother of recovery, Miss Jane Pfefferkorn, who I work with on a daily basis. She started an organization called Mission Missouri, and now it's become a, a women's shelter. But she's done so much for recovery in the state of Missouri, and, and uh, I would be beside myself if I didn't mention her and what an impact that she has on, on my life. It's a real honor to work with her every day. So more of all of that. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I love it. Well, congratulations on everything, on your recovery, on your business, on all of the people that you're influencing. Um, I just, I'm, I'm inspired by you, Ronnie, and I'm just, I'm honored that you took the time to spend time with me today um, on Dear Past. Thank you. So thank you so much oh. for being a guest. Oh, that's so kind of you. It's been fun. And uh, 
keep up the good work. I mean, this is a great podcast and, and uh, I've listened to every single one and uh, your listen listeners are, are really, um, really lucky to have you. So keep it up. Thank you so much. All right. Well, until next time. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening and please don't forget to subscribe. Next week is the season finale, so please stay tuned for a surprising episode. Also, I'm filling spots for season two. Everyone has a story. Are you ready to share yours? Follow me on Instagram at Sonia Thalman and send me a direct message to learn more. See you next week.